Happy New Year, and welcome to the service this morning. Last week, we sent out a correspondence email to you outlining that for the next two Sundays, today, January the 2nd, and next Sunday, January the 9th, we would be hosting online services only. This decision is in response to the rapid rise of COVID infections that we're seeing not only in our community as a whole, but also within our church community amongst our volunteers and our leaders. As indicated in the email, we will reevaluate this decision as we move forward and we'll inform you of what steps will be taken next. Our intention over these next two weeks was to live stream our services from the church building at 10 a.m. on Sunday morning. However, yesterday on Saturday, we saw that Environment Canada had issued a weather advisory indicating that travel could be impacted on Sunday morning. We didn't want to risk not being able to do the service, so we decided to record the service ahead of time so that we wouldn't lose out on that opportunity. You are seeing us recording from home again today, and next week we hope to get back into the building. Today we will be celebrating communion together. The songs, the message will all focus around that, culminating with sharing communion together at the end of the service. If you haven't prepared your elements already, we encourage you to get that ready so that you can participate with us. God bless you and enjoy the service.
face draw near and bless your name. All who gather here by grace draw near and bless your name. All who gather here by grace draw near and bless your name. to you. 
Today is from Luke chapter 23, verses 26 to 49. As the soldiers led him away, they seized Simon from Cyrene, who was on his way in from the country, and put the cross on him and made him carry it behind Jesus. A large number of people followed him, including women who mourned and wailed for him. Jesus turned and said to them, Daughters of Jerusalem, do not weep for me. Weep for yourselves and for your children. For the time will come when you will say, Blessed are the childless women, the wombs that never bore, and the breasts that never nursed. Then they will say to the mountains, Fall on us, and to the hills, Cover us. For if people do these things when the tree is green, what will happen when it is dry? Two other men, both criminals, were also led out with him to be executed. When they came to the place called the skull, they crucified him there, along with the criminals, one on his right, the other on his left. Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. And they divided up his clothes by casting lots. The people stood watching, and the rulers even sneered at him. They said, He saved others. Let him save himself if he's God's Messiah, the Chosen One. The soldiers also came up and mocked him. They offered him wine vinegar and said, If you are the king of the Jews, save yourself. There was a written notice above him which read, this is the king of the Jews. One of the criminals who hung there hurled insults at him. Aren't you the Messiah? Save yourself and save us. But the other criminal rebuked him and said, Don't you fear God? Since you are under the same sentence, we are punished justly for we are getting what our deeds deserve. But this man has done nothing wrong. And then he said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. Jesus answered him, Truly I tell you, today you will be with me in paradise. There's a place where mercy reigns and never Where streams of grace flow deep and wide. All the love I've ever found comes like a flood, comes flowing now. At the cross, at the cross, I surrender. 
words the world has ever known Above all wealth and treasures of the earth There's no way to measure what you're worth Crucified, laid behind the stove you live to die, rejected and alone like a rose, trampled on the ground. You took the fall and thought of me above record of the crucifixion of Jesus contains a story within the story that is not found anywhere else in scripture. It's the story of Jesus and his conversation with the thief on the cross next to him. It makes a lot of sense for Luke to include this account because it frames one last time for his readers that Jesus' ministry was primarily focused on those who were marginalized and excluded. Execution was one of the most extreme forms of marginalization and exclusion from society at this particular time in history. 
we see in this story a conversation between Jesus and the two criminals who were crucified with him. From these two criminals, we see two contrasting attitudes. The one criminal joined in with the cries of the rulers and the soldiers, calling on Jesus to save himself if he really was the Messiah. In their eyes, the cross, the crucifixion, was evidence that Jesus was not the Messiah. In fact, they were actually mocking him. The second criminal held a very different opinion. He rejected the view of the other criminal. He was repentant for his crimes. He admitted that he was suffering justly, that he was getting exactly what he deserved. He also recognized Jesus' innocence. The second criminal was able to understand that Jesus' death was somehow a necessary part of God's redemptive plan. Jesus was rejected. He's near death. Yet this second criminal had faith in Jesus as the Messiah, the Savior. And he asked if Jesus would remember him when he entered into his kingdom. These were not the best of circumstances. Jesus, the criminal, they were hanging on crosses. Both of them are dying. Jesus was innocent, falsely accused, a victim of spiritual leaders who were threatened by him. But the criminal, he's a different story. He admitted that he deserved everything that was coming to him. He had made poor choices. He had hurt innocent people. He had taken wrong roads. He had neglected the warnings of others. A life of poor choices had culminated to this moment of humiliation and death. The cross was a cruel form of capital punishment practiced by the Romans at the time of Jesus. It was reserved for the vilest of criminals, those who had rebelled against Rome, those who had committed the worst crimes. The purpose of crucifixion was a public display of shame as one died a slow, painful death hanging helplessly before the crowds. This man was a criminal. He was a sinner. He was unworthy. He didn't deserve forgiveness. He didn't deserve mercy or grace. His choices, his actions placed him on the outside of the acceptance of society as a whole. There would be no opportunity for him to redeem himself, to make things right, to prove that he was sincere in his confession. The man couldn't do anything for Jesus. He couldn't share the testimony with others of how Jesus had changed his life. He couldn't participate in the future in helping spread the good news of the gospel about Jesus. He was a sinner, a loser, hopeless, who had wasted years and hurt others. How was his request even possible? Well, we see that Jesus responded immediately and positively. The criminal had already shown remarkable insight. Jesus affirmed that this man indeed understood. In fact, the criminal was the only one who really understood what was going on. The disciples didn't even understand it. The criminal could see that somehow Jesus' death was linked to his royal power, to his kingdom. Jesus confirmed that this man's request to be a part of his kingdom would be granted. And Jesus said to him, today, this very day, you will be with me in paradise. The word paradise 
is of Persian origin, and it was taken over by the Greek language and used to symbolize a place of beauty, a place of peace. Paradise is the place where God dwells. It's where angels worship, and it's where Jesus is enthroned. Luke shows us that the last person to turn to Jesus for help was the least likely person, yet the only one who truly understood what Jesus was doing through his cruel death on the cross. I believe it's difficult for us sometimes to separate a person's sin, their choices, their mistakes, their lifestyle from the person themselves. We tend to assign value and compassion, love, forgiveness, hope based on actions, what we believe that someone deserves. But the truth is, we all do things that disqualify us from grace and mercy. None of us are deserving of God's grace and mercy. But Jesus does not assign value to us based on what we have or haven't done. Nor does he assign value based on what we can do for him in the future. We are all valuable, despite where we have been, despite what we have done, and God loves us. We are valuable simply because we exist. To Jesus, we are worth dying for. There are a lot of people that think it's too late for them, and perhaps you're one of them. They've wasted their years. They've done wrong things. They've hurt people. They've messed things up. And it's true, you can't go back and you can't undo the past, but you can choose to trust God with your future. Today is the first Sunday of a new year. It's a time in the new year when we make decisions, when we decide to make changes to positively affect our future. What better time to make it a priority to trust Jesus with your life and with your future. Jesus Christ, I think upon your sacrifice, you became nothing, poured out to death. Many times I've wondered at your gift of life I'm in that place once again I'm in that place once again Once again I look upon the cross where you died I'm humbled by your mercy Again, I pour out my life. Now you are exalted to the highest place, King of the heavens, where one day I'll bow. But for now, I marvel at this saving grace. 
sharing communion together. We come to the table not because we have to, but because we can. Because we have been invited. Because we choose to come. We don't come to declare that we have it all together, but to declare that we love Jesus and that we desire to follow him. We don't come because we're strong. In fact, we come because we're weak. We don't come because we deserve to. We come because we are in need of his mercy and his help. The bread and the cup are a reminder to us of the grace of God to the least of us. We approach this table then with humility, with confession of our sin, with the renewing of our vows to pray for strength to serve God faithfully. In Luke chapter 22 and verses 14 to 16, we read, When the hour came, Jesus and his apostles reclined at the table. And he said to them, I have eagerly desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. For I tell you, I will not eat it again until it finds fulfillment in the kingdom of God. And a little further in Luke twenty-two nineteen, we read, And he took bread, gave thanks, and broke it, and gave it to them, saying, This is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Let's eat of the bread together. In Luke 22.20 we read, In the same way after the supper he took the cup, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood, which is poured out for you. Let's drink it together. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we are so grateful for each and every one that has connected to this online service this morning. And our prayer is to offer up thanks to you, Lord Jesus, for all that you have done for us. Thank you for dying on the cross. 
Thank you for making it very clear that it's never too late for us. Despite what we have done, despite our history, it is never too late for us to turn to you, to look to you, and to find salvation in you. And so I pray for each and every one today, those who are struggling, who feel that there is no hope for them, that they would find hope. And for those who are your followers, that they would never view anyone as hopeless, but they would see through this story of the thief on the cross, that there is never a moment when we are breathing that we cannot call out to you and find hope and love, forgiveness and acceptance. And we thank you for this today. We pray for those who are sick. We pray for your healing, for those who are discouraged, for your encouragement, for those who are faced with difficult choices. I pray that you would give them wisdom. For those who are struggling with mental health and difficulties in these days, would you help them meet our financial needs, we pray. Work in our marriages and in our families. And we ask these things today in Jesus' name and for his glory. Amen. On a hill far away stood an old rugged cross, the emblem of suffering and shame. And I love that old cross where the
peace and last I live.